Hello, listeners. This is CEO Coach Liam Krismer. Welcome to the magazine edition of CEO Matters. This is my short-form podcast where I discuss a number of topics that I call Pages. It's an audio newsletter where you can pick up leadership styles, well-being and personal growth tips, book reviews, quotes, and whatever else I think might help you live and lead better. The point is to serve up news you can use without all the fluff. So let's get to the pages. Seven pages for you today in this magazine edition. So let's get started. Page one. This is the CEO Spotlight. And in this edition, we are featuring Ed Bastian, the CEO of Delta Airlines. As CEO, Ed Bastian has led Delta Airlines to become one of the most admired companies and airlines in the world. Keep climbing higher is one of their taglines, and for Bastian, it is more than a tagline. It's really a mantra. Born in 1957, he is the oldest of nine children. He grew up in Poughkeepsie, New York, if I pronounce that correctly, in a family of 12, nine kids, the two parents, and a grandmother. And to top it all off, Dad's dental practice was in the home, and there was only one and a half baths. Bastian learned his values early, patience, gratitude, community, and service. Sports taught him that everyone has a role to play, and to win, you play as a team. Now, Bastian doesn't lead with a secret sauce. He wasn't in the right place at the right time. If anything, he and Delta have so often been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, Think of fighting off a hostile takeover, 9-11, fuel price increases, COVID. For Delta and Bastian, it has always been an uphill climb. Despite the fact that he is an accountant by training, Bastian doesn't lead from the numbers. Rather, he leads from the heart. The numbers create questions for him. They make him curious. How can they make Delta better? Where do they have problems they need to solve? For example, when jet fuel prices were surging, they bought a refinery to control their cost. And that refinery paid for itself in just a couple of years. And there are many examples of Delta investing in their people and in their future. Bastion is always striving to bulletproof the business by protecting Delta's people, their cash, and their future. Rising from the ashes of a bankruptcy brought on by years of fighting a hostile takeover by U.S. Airways, and by successive catastrophes associated with economics and world events, Delta has survived and thrived to become, as I said earlier, one of the largest and most admired companies in the airline industry. But this isn't about Delta. This is about Ed Bastian. He is driven by purpose, and he leads with a focus to do the right thing. As CEO, he spends a minimum of 50% of his time outside of his office with his people, learning, and leading. He doesn't know how to fly an airplane or fix an airplane or even uh, make a reservation for a passenger. So he goes out in the field and he learns. He gets behind the scenes with his employees. He believes in giving his people the tools they need to succeed and by giving back, both to the employees and to their community. Without verbalizing it, it's clear that Bastian believes in a growth mindset, in taking the long view and in remaining positive through the worst of times. 
He is a lifelong learner, and while he accepts the vulnerability of not always having the answer, he always has the confidence that he can figure it out. When COVID hit, Delta was at the top of their game, and within 30 days, they'd lost 95% of their business. No one has a playbook for that. And they kept flying, losing billions of dollars because it was the right thing to do, because people had places to go. And now Delta is emerging stronger than ever before. And that's a pattern with them, and that's a pattern with Bastion, arising and coming back stronger than ever before. The Bastion formula is simple in concept and much harder in execution. And here it is. Know your numbers, lead from the heart, protect the assets, and invest in your future. Keep climbing and never lose your confidence. On to page two. Here's a thought from me. I was sitting in a coffee shop today researching and writing. Actually, I spend a lot of time in coffee shops. One in particular that I like is Black Rock Coffee Bar. So I'm fond of telling my friends and colleagues that I'm hanging out in the bar or closing down the bar again. Now, as I wrote this, or as I write this, a, um, a young guy stopped in, and I noticed his positive energy right away. He went up, and he bought an energy drink and a protein box. He sat down and simply enjoyed his snack. He didn't check his phone. He simply took a moment to enjoy his replenishment. He took a break, and then he was off, recharged and ready to go. I was impressed. How often do we do that? simply take a break for nourishment and replenishment. No multitasking, no texting, just a timeout. How about we give that a whirl? A simple timeout. Page three. Another, uh, well, this isn't another thought for me. This is a quote, one quote, and it's a short one. It takes 20 years to build a reputation and five minutes to ruin it. If you think about that, you'll do things differently. And that, as many of you will recognize, comes from Warren Buffett, the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, who has a um, a pretty long history of doing things the right way. Page four. One more thought from me. Scott is my coach. I haven't the slightest clue why he puts up with me, but he does, and he has for many years. A few weeks ago, he said, Liam, you don't have to go all in so deep on every project. You spend so much time in deep work to finish a project to the exclusion of everything else that you stress out because of how much you have to do and why you're so far behind. He counseled me, consistently do some work on several of your projects to move them forward and stay current on the day-to-day work that needs to be done. Smart advice. Scott is a smart guy. Now, that brings to mind the work of B.J. Fogg. Uh, He wrote a book a number of years ago called Many Habits. And in that book, he urges us to start with insanely small goals just to get us going, like walking for a minute and then maybe two minutes the next day. The key is consistency. There's um, a guy in England. He is the, he's in the equivalent of the, uh, the Navy SEALs, Bear Grills, and he has a two-minute rule. He can skip a day's training so long as he gets up, gets out of bed in the morning, puts on his workout clothes, and drives to the gym and exercises for two minutes. And that earns him his buy. And sure enough, as long as, he's, as he is there, he works out every time. 
And let's go to page five. One skill. Bill Murphy is one of my favorite writers. He writes for Inc. Magazine and has his own daily email titled, Understandably. Now recently he published an article for Inc. titled, 12 Brilliant Questions That Will Make People Remember You and Like You More in 2021. And here we are almost to 2022. So hopefully the same questions will make people like you in the next year as well. We all know that networking, cultivating relationships, and the whole process of building community and communicating with people has changed. It's not the same as it used to be. We live in a world now where we communicate in cryptic text messages with emoticons and abbreviated words and sentences. We spend so much of our time in virtual meetings and we have to remember and figure out which platform we're on. Are we on Zoom, Meet, LinkedIn, Teams? Frankly, it's annoying, and all of us make the best of it. As we learn to live with these new ways of interacting and hopefully ease back into in-person meetings, we find that the conversation has changed. Everybody is busy. Everybody is stressed. Everybody, or so it seems, is in some degree of overwhelm or burnout. And yet, we still have to press on to connect and to communicate. Now, you know the drill of networking and going to conferences. It's valuable to make new connections, and we've long, uh, long ago learned and perfected our elevator pitch, and we're ready when that dreaded question comes, so what do you do? Ugh, I hate that question. Now, let's not be that guy or that gal. Don't worry. They can't wait to tell you what they do. Let's be different. Let's be memorable. A rather flamboyant hairdresser extraordinaire that I came to know Robert Cromains taught me this years ago. He said, it's not about being remembered. It's about not being forgotten. And he's Scottish, so I think it went something like, it's not about not being remembered. It's about not being forgotten. Now, the point is, we have to be memorable. And we have to quickly impoint, uh, impoint. We have to quickly impart that we have value and that we're worth knowing. Bill Murphy's questions help us do just that. Now, I don't necessarily agree with all of them, and I'm not going to go through all 12 of them now. Yet it's a start. So take the ones you like, and more importantly, add a few of your own. I did a quick Google search and was surprised to find lists of hundreds of icebreaker questions. Now, we don't need to memorize 300 icebreaker questions, but having a few go-to questions that spark interesting conversations makes sense. On the podcast before this, I think we talked about how Ronald Reagan would keep quotes and quips and uh, jokes on index cards that he could pull out at the ready whenever he was at a function, and uh, uh, it kept him on his toes and it kept him interesting. So what makes a good icebreaker question? Ask open-ended questions to avoid a yes or no answer, like, why are you here and what do you hope, hope to accomplish? Another one is to ask questions that speak to them as a person. So, what project are you working on that you're most excited about? A third way is to phrase the question in a way that makes it easier for the other person to offer a more interesting answer. Then, they are more likely to associate their memory of you with positive emotions. This is crucial because the entire point is to start a conversation, not just to elicit information and move on. You have to listen. Like a lot of things in life, these are uh, easier to explain with examples. So here are a few ideas to get you going. 
a couple of these are pandemic specific and others are simply things that I think will work well in a post-pandemic meeting people again world. Here are a couple of Bill Murphys. Number one, has there been a silver lining to the pandemic for you? For me, personally, I lost 70 pounds. I love talking about that. Number two, what do you really enjoy doing? What's more, even if it's asked casually, it can give you valuable information. And as the person answers, it usually leads to a story. Well, I like to do X because it allows me to do Y. I like to hang out in coffee shops because I like the energy that it gives me. It feeds my creativity. Uh, what is the best purchase you've made for remote work? And that'll usually spark the conversation. Could be a, a new computer or a, a favorite chair. I think half the things I have in my home office came as a result of asking people this ice-breaking question. It can also lead people to explain that they really haven't been able to work from home, which can lead you to all kinds of other interesting inquiries. Again, it starts with a positive assumption that this other person has managed to cope but allows him or her to control the terms of the answer. The idea is to be intentional about meeting people and about being valued. On to page six. One book. I just finished reading Dory Clark's most recent book, The Long Game. Here's the book in one sentence. It takes 10 years to become an overnight success. There you have it. Game, set, match. Okay, there's a little more to it than that, but that's the basic premise. Hence the title, The Long Game. Now, Dory herself, who is a lovely individual, uh, lives in New York City, in Manhattan. She's come a long, long way herself. She was a divinity student at Harvard, and she scratched and clawed her way to carve out a niche for herself as a best-selling author, globally recognized as, as a, uh, one of the Thinker 50 uh, people in the world. Uh, she, I think she's given a TED Talk. She's a sought-after speaker and advisor. And for her, it's been a long game. She has put her work, she has, she has uh, put in the work, She's paid her dues, and she's made the grade, all on her own, all by taking this long-term horizon. Uh, in, in her book, she mentions that when you connect to someone on LinkedIn, don't plan on asking them for a favor or to do something for you for at least a year. You've got to take this long-term view. But we live in a time where we want it now. I remember when TV dinners were all the rage, all you had to do to have a nice hot meal in only 45 minutes was to pop this frozen foil tray in the oven at 375 degrees and wait. Now these days we're impatient to wait two minutes to heat up a burrito in the microwave. And I would ask you to think of your progress as a CEO, as an investment strategy, kind of a buy and hold, long-term Warren Buffett, if you will, strategy make consistent deposits, and invest over the long haul. It takes time for quality to emerge, whether it's a garden, a fine wine, a Kentucky bourbon, or your authority and reputation. It takes time, dedication, and patience, especially with respect to your thought leadership and community. It takes time to build and nurture. You are more than a CEO. You are a role model, crafting your persona, and your personal brand takes time, and it takes effort. But if you don't build your reputation, someone else will. And our last page, uh, page seven coming up. 
one diversion. You know the saying, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy? Well, in the past, I was fond of adding, and I make Jack look like a party animal. <laughs> wrong. So very wrong. There's an author, uh, her name is Eve Rodsky, and she has a book coming out in December of 2021. Find your unicorn space. Reclaim your creative life in a too busy world. Can you imagine putting a two-hour block of time on your shared Google calendar for unicorn space? Now, Rodsky urges her readers to, quote, reclaim their right to be interesting by carving out space in their busy schedules for leisure and creativity, what she aptly calls unicorn space. Now, this is important. On the one hand, there is rest, which includes uh, sleep, downtime, self-care, and other activities that give you pause and time to recover. We know it, we understand it, and we don't get nearly enough of it. Then there's this unicorn space, which is something a little different. It's personal time spent doing anything that lights you up and feeds your soul. It could be reading, painting, going to museums, woodworking. It doesn't matter. It's just not work or emails or texts. So how do you do it? How do you turn your back on your business and pursue those things that have nothing to do with the company and everything to do with sparking joy? Joy that bolsters your resilience and re-energizes you. I think it begins with self-awareness. Know when your business is crowding you out, when the work is expanding to snatch that perceived luxury right out from under your nose. And you say, no, your time is valuable and it's finite and you will not be robbed of the opportunity to invest in yourself and to develop the muscle to do that which replenishes and renews you. You will no longer continue to mortgage tomorrow for work that demands to be done today. Then you're like whatever that Greek uh, person was, Sisyphus, I think it was, that was perpetually pushing that big rock uphill. The second way you, that you can do this is you, you set your boundaries and you respect them. Start small and develop the muscle to make positive choices that appear to be superficially surf, uh, uh, selfish on the surface and yet oh so necessary on the inside, down deep where your life energy lives. Sounds woo-woo, a little out there, I know, I know, but it's true. And third, it's pretty simple. As, Nike, as the Nike, classic Nike ad urges, just do it. You'll feel better for it. Well, that wraps up this magazine edition of the CEO Matters podcast. I sincerely hope that you enjoyed the conversation and received some value. Unfortunately, the conversation was one-sided. You didn't get a chance to say a single word. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, head on over to chrismer.com forward slash work with me. There you can find more information, check out other episodes on the topics, subscribe, and most importantly, schedule a time for us to talk. That's chrismer.com forward slash work with me. Until then, remember, live and lead better. Bye now.